Hey, hello, hi, welcome to and are back to the Equitheory podcast. I am your host, Jill Therese, and I am so happy to be back finally. It is currently 9-11 on Tuesday, February the 2nd, um, and I don't know if you know this about this podcast. If you're new here, you might not, but this podcast goes live every Tuesday at 8 a.m., <laughs> and um <laughs> it just, it really sums up my break to say that uh, the podcast is getting recorded the day that it's supposed to be uploaded after I took a month off to uh, work on improving it. I literally had an entire month to do this episode <laughs> and I didn't. Um, but you know what? I feel like that is just how this break has gone, how the start to 2021 has gone. And I kind of just want to talk all about it. But you know, first, we got to roll the music. And I asked you guys on the Instagram if you wanted uh, me to change the intro song because I was going to, but apparently a lot of you are very attached to the intro song. Several of you wrote me uh, DMs about it and were like, please don't change it. So um, I was going to change it to the YouTube intro and it was going to be cool, but fine. Uh, I will leave it for you because I also am a little bit attached. So um, without further ado, let's roll that intro music. Alrighty, so with that out of the way, now we have to do ads. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to keep it short. Uh, you know, this week, all we've got is Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, Me and the Horses, or if you want to make use of the services, you can join the Patreon. You can just go to patreon.com slash equitheory, and there you will be able to sign up and pick whatever tier best suits you. And depending on what tier you select and how much you subscribe to monthly, which by the way, you can cancel at any time, you'll have access to the um, the Discord server where you can talk to other listeners of the show. And I absolutely love the Discord server because, um, you know, I, hold on, the chair is going to squeak. Oh, okay, sorry, I have to readjust. I absolutely love the Discord server because even though I'm not able to be on there all the time, you guys have like this place where you can just kind of like talk always. And um, I think it's a really, really cool community. And when I check in there, everybody's being super nice and super helpful to each other. And I don't know, I just I think it's cool. And a lot of us get to chat in the monthly Zoom Q&As. And like, uh, January Zoom Q&A hardly was a Q&A. Like, I think I answered one or two questions. Um, but the rest of it was literally just talking the whole time. <laughs> and just you know, being buddies. So it's pretty dope. I really enjoy it. And um, if you would like, you can join that. You you have access to that at any tier. And then um, the rest is you just get, uh, you know, the ability to ask me a question and I'll answer it here on the podcast. Um, you can have phone call consults with me or schedule um, for me to do a video review. So I was going to rework the Patreon and uh, by the way, add over, we're getting into <laughs> to the actual episode here, um, which, by the way, I mean, I guess there's probably a title, but, um, you know, I, the reason this episode is late is because I couldn't decide what to talk about. I put so much pressure on myself about, like, what the first episode back would be about, and I was like, it's going to be this really cool. It's not. It never is. <laughs> um, the rest of the episodes will be. I have so much planned. It's just, like, some of the topics... I have to be inspired to talk about. Um, otherwise, it's just not going to 
it's not going to come across right and it'll do the subject a disservice. But um, I know that's really vague, but I have ideas coming up, promise. Um, but yeah, so this episode was difficult to make myself record because I put too much pressure on myself and I knew that I was doing it and I was like, it's fine, just record the episode. And I was like, you know what, maybe if I just leave it to the very last minute, it'll be genuine and authentic and it'll be annoying because it'll be up late, but it it won't be a pressured episode, it'll free flow. So here goes. Um, the Patreon, The re- like I said, I was going to rework it because I wanted to move some tears around and um, have to where people are able to send me videos at the lower tiers. But um, the only issue with that is, um, as patron Peyton knows, uh, it it takes me a hot second to get to it because, um, you know, I it just my schedule is so, so dumb right now. And um, I keep talking a lot about it on my story. And a lot of you have written me really awesome messages, including people that are close to me. And I haven't even had time to write you back. So if you're one of those people, I sincerely apologize. I promise. I like, I, I really, really appreciate it. I just, it's one more thing to do is to answer. And so um, that's just kind of where I've been. And, you know, like, I really wanted this episode to be this big, like, yes, oh my God, so excited, welcome back. And like, you guys have no idea. I didn't realize how much I love the podcast until right now that I'm sitting down doing it. And I mean, I always talk about how much I love it. But like, this past month, I was like, oh my God, dreading it. But mostly just because I made it a chore. And, um, you know, now that I'm doing it, I'm like, yes, I get to do this for the next hour, you know. Um, And I really, I really do enjoy it. And it's just everything right now kind of feels like just one more thing to do. And that's what's so frustrating because I was going to rework the Patreon and I had it literally on my to-do list every single day for the past month and I just never did it. So, you know, I think it's one of those things that um, I'm just not going to be able to sit down and rework the Patreon and redo my website and redo Teespring and all of this stuff in one month, like it's just going to have to have a trickle effect because I, as much as I hate it, I am one person and I have a really bad habit of being like, okay, I'll just give myself this time frame and I'll do it. And then I forget that I have ADHD and it doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, and I just, I can't, it doesn't work. And I think the time that is most well spent for me when I am really productive is when it happens spontaneously. And when I'm like, oh, I'm going to work on redoing the Patreon today. And then it just happens. So it's not going to be right at the beginning of the season, unfortunately. But, um, you know, it'll, it'll be something. I don't know. Maybe it'll be cool. I'll get to it eventually. But, um, you know, I've, I've spent January um, redoing jetequitheory.com. I finished the podcast website. If you are interested, it's equitheorypodcast.com. But um, the problem is now, when I post an episode, I upload it to uh, the platform distributor that I use called Buds, uh, Budsprout, Buzzsprout. And um, they distribute it everywhere. Like I already did all of the like submitting it to Spotify and Pandora and all of those places. But um, now it's a matter of like, okay, when I upload the episode, I have to write the description. I have to modify it a little bit for YouTube. And then I also have to upload it to the, uh, like the actual website for the podcast. Cause you can listen to it on the website. Um, I know some people that listen to my podcast aren't maybe the most podcast savvy people and just having a website for it makes it a lot more accessible. And also a lot of the podcasts that I follow and listen to have websites. And I was like, I should probably do that. So I made that and that's done and finished. It's just every time I make a new episode, I have to upload a new, uh, or create an entire new page on my website for it. But, um, you know, part of me is like, you need to get an intern. Oh my God. Cause I like, this is, it's too much. But at the same time, like I, I can't pay somebody to do it. Um, and I don't have time to train anybody to do it. So some stuff is just going to have to get, um, you know, pushed aside until I can. Because, like, YouTube is another thing. I have three videos filmed currently. I have a barn vlog, a Q&A, and um, Teddy's first ride. 
And I'm telling you all of this so that hopefully it'll force me to edit it. Um, but I just, I hate editing videos sometimes. I just, I really don't like it. And I used to love it. But the problem is the thing that I love the most was being able to do vlogs with really cool music and like my favorite songs and stuff. But now because of all the copyright rules, I can't like editing to a royalty free song is just not the same as like the song that I'm really into at the moment. So, um, and I used to get really into adding the transitions at the beat drops and like, you know, her lead changes and a jump at the precise moment in the song where it hits like the symbols of the guitar riff or something. And like, it was just an artistic process. And now it's just like, I'm cutting out ums in my sentences. And that's why I prefer the podcast so much because I don't have to edit this at all. I do a little bit sometimes, but not usually. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just a lot easier to do. And I just, I would kill for an intern, but I don't want to pay somebody because I'm, I'm like, I can't. And there might be some months where I wouldn't be able to. And I'm like, mm -mm, not doing that. And I'm like, I've had several people and probably some of you listening have offered but I just, I can't in good conscience have somebody do a job that deserves to be paid and not pay them. So I would rather just take the hit than like not pay somebody. And I don't know if that's intelligent business wise, because like if you're willing, you're willing. But mm, I don't know. I also just, I feel like my YouTube videos are a very specific editing style. And if it's not quite perfect, it's going to bother me. And then I'm going to have a list of revisions to send. And then, I don't know, maybe I'm like talking myself down out of it and I could just be okay having some minor issues with it or maybe there's somebody out there that would edit exactly the way I wanted it to but you know I don't know I just it stresses me out a little bit too much so I'm just not gonna worry about it right now um but I think the biggest struggle that I've realized that I have recently is the um perfectionist thing and um, I just listened to Adele's podcast. If you don't know, it's The Willing Equine. It's a really good podcast, and I fucking love Adele. But um, her most recent episode touched a lot on perfectionism and scheduling issues, and that has been a huge thing for me. I felt very called out because, like, all – like, for instance, this is a perfect example. JetEquitheory.com is – my website that has my bio and all my information and stuff on it, but it also is a resource hub. Like I plugged in all of the resources that I found and used about positive reinforcement on there, um, about, you know, equine education and just learning more about horses. And I have resources and links to all of those. I also have a blog like the website is, it's gotten quite massive and, um, you know, it's just a little bit, Mm, I don't know, because Squarespace changed um, versions, and the new one, you can't just, like, switch it over automatically. You have to manually create a new website and start from scratch and plug all of your stuff in from the last website to this one. That means I have to write the search engine optimization, like the SEO, for every single page again. I have to, um, you know, I can copy and paste it, but I still have to like copy and paste it. And um, I have to replug in all of the pictures and the captions and the links and make sure all the links work. Oh my God. And it's just, it's a, it's a big project. And I decided to do it because it's never good enough. And that is an issue that I have had my whole life. And we're just dumping it all out on the podcast now. So buckle up. But, you know, I grew up in a household with very loving parents who were very generous um, in, you know, supporting me with horses. And I went to a good school and all of that. I was very fortunate in that way. Um, but there was a lot of pressure on me and, you know, I don't fault my parents for it. You want the best for your kids, but at the same time, like it, <laughs> it created a few issues. Um, and if you are somebody that has ADHD and also perfectionistic tendencies, then you know this as well. But for me with ADHD being so scatterbrained and forgetting things constantly and being all over the place all the time, it's very difficult to be perfect and I was expected to be on some level. And like, 
I don't know. It was just like, you know, you keep your kids in line whatever way you can, I guess, as a parent. And um, I'm not a parent, by the way, but I mean, I'm assuming as parents, you try to keep your kids in line any way you can. And for, for my parents, it was uh, my horse, you know, like, oh, if you don't get straight A's and we're selling your horse. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I did whatever I could to be able to keep my horse and keep riding and minimize conflict, really, because I'm not a conflict person. And, um, you know, I was like, if I just do everything right, then we don't get in any arguments and it'll be fine. And so that's pretty much what I did. And um, I still have ADHD. <laughs> but the problem is I developed kind of um, a maladaptive coping mechanism. Um, and my therapist titled it some OCD streaks. And if I'm not careful, I, you know, could manifest a problem here, but, um, you know, I'm aware of it and I do my best to do a lot of breathing and relaxing and like telling myself that it is fine. Um, but the issue is that sometimes, while I'm doing that breathing and relaxing and telling myself it'll be fine, I see if I can sneak and get the project done while I'm telling myself it's unnecessary. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened with the website. Um, I didn't need to switch it uh, versions, but I it looks so much better on the podcast website. The mobile version isn't the best yet, but it's it's still much nicer than um, jetequithery.com. And I'm, I'm talking about Equitheory podcast. Um, so I, I really wanted to switch it to where Jet Equitheory would look like Equitheory podcast and be gorgeous. But I've already redone jetequitheory.com so many times, like picking a font and a color scheme. My God. And here we are again. I've just, I just keep redoing things because they're never good enough. Teespring, I keep redoing it because it's never good enough. And the Patreon and the podcast and like, I just, I just want to stop, you know? And it's, I'm making things not fun. And that's something that I really want to work on this year because it is sucking the life out of everything that I love doing. And wow, this is a dark, (laughs) dark subject, but it's just, I'm sorry. It's just where I'm at. You know, I, I took January off because I could feel a burnout coming and it hit really hard in January, even without having the podcasts to worry about. It still ran over me like a train and I'm glad that I could feel it coming because then I could stop it from, you know, being public. But essentially like the past couple of weeks, I, I just stopped everything. I I didn't do anything. And at the same time, I did everything. Um, I really think I hit the peak of a depressive episode that I didn't really realize I was in until it was kind of like right there at the end of season three. Um, Because this is season four, by the way. I don't know if you noticed, but it is. (laughs) Um, So anyway... I just, I, I felt it coming, but I was like, it probably won't hit all the way. And it was interesting because this January, I think is when it, it was the biggest or the worst, I guess, but it doesn't feel like it used to. And I think that's all the work that I did in therapy and just kind of where my headspace is at here lately. Like, I just don't, I don't get as bad as I used to. And I don't think that I ever will. Um, if I do, it'll likely be like a grieving kind of depression rather than just the normal swings that I go through sometimes. Um, and it's, it's like almost entirely due to burnout almost every time. Um, but you know, I was just like, it's okay. You know, your body needs time to reset and it is forcing you to not do anything. It's inconvenient because all of a sudden everything in my life just flies out from under me and, uh, like my schoolwork and, the podcast that I was supposed to be revamping and Instagram and all of that. Like I, I posted maybe, I don't even know. I think I posted like the first two weeks of January and then I just kind of stopped. (laughs) And yeah. So, I mean, like I appreciate my experience of depression in that way because it forces me to stop and to take a break and to look at myself and be like, okay, how are you feeling? What are you doing? What's going on? And that that was, I think, the the key. Sorry, I had to burp. Um, <laughs> the key perspective shift for me when I was in therapy was that, like, 
you know, your body will come out of it when it's ready. But in the meantime, use it as some, you know, like something to be able to reflect on and use that time where you just can't get out of bed and everything sucks and you are exhausted all the time to just be there for yourself. You know, like when you have those negative thoughts, just kind of gently be like, okay, that's fine. But this is how I'd like to feel. This is what, if I could wave a magic wand, this is how I would feel. And, um, you know, maybe just even if, even if you don't do all that work, just taking some time to not do a fucking thing is incredible. And that's what I did. I spent 90% of all of my days on TikTok and I regret nothing. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that I, I know that I deal with and I have to listen to it because there really isn't any preventing it unless I can figure out a way to stop, um, you know, just working so hard all the time. Um, and I took a week off of my ADHD medication because, um, I wanted to see if my skin would get better. Cause that's another thing that I've been having an issue with. And I mean, you can probably assume that like Jill, this is it's, your skin problem is largely stress related. Um, but the thing is like, I really haven't felt stressed. It's been more apathy and like just kind of frustration with everything. But on a day to day basis, I don't feel bad. I know that doesn't make any sense because I'm talking about being in a depressive episode, but <laughs> like, it's just so different than it ever has been before. Cause I just, I just feel like I'm existing. Like I'm just being, and I still laugh and I have good moments. And when stuff goes wrong, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to deal with that now, but I don't feel as like anxious and uncomfortable as I used to. And so, um, I took a week off from my ADHD medication because I wanted to see if that was what was drying out my skin because I have really dry dehydrated skin anyway. And when I am on the, um, it's, it's the equivalent of Adderall XR, but it's, um, the generic kind <laughs> Thanks, insurance. Um, but I don't, I don't really think it's any different cause it still helps in it, but it, it does make my mouth quite dry as it is currently. And, uh, I was wondering if it was also drying out my skin because it's physically dehydrating me, but um, it I didn't notice any difference. And I n notice an immediate difference when I don't take it in physically how hydrated I am. So I don't think it was one of those things like, oh, there's a half-life and you like it just, I don't, I was instantly more hydrated and able to maintain hydration when I was off of it and my skin didn't change at all. And I know your skin takes time, but it was still like flaking and peeling and felt dry. And I think it's just because like I have eczema already and I'm just destined to have dry skin forever. And I haven't gotten my cortisone shot for my eczema, uh, yet this year. So I'd probably just need to do that. And I think my skin will probably come along because, you know, if your skin is super dry, then it overproduces oil and then it clogs your pores and it makes everything bad. So unless your skin is just balanced, it's just not good. So I've tried damn near everything. I've watched every single one of Hiram's videos, every single one of Susan Yara's videos, and I have done all of the work and researching, and now I know way too much about skincare, and still I can't fix my face. So I'm just going to go to a dermatologist and be like, can you put the needle in my butt and fix my problem? And then also maybe prescribe me something. I don't know. I, don't, I feel kind of weird about like prescription, uh, like dermatology stuff. And I don't know if it's just because I'm kind of weird about medicine anyway, but um like, I know, I know it's such an ignorant belief to have. And probably a lot of people are like, Oh my God, stop. <laughs> but I don't know. Sometimes I just feel kind of weird about putting stuff into my body. And I, it's probably because my body, Oh my God, hold on. Let me readjust. Cause this chair is about to go out my window. <laughs> I'm about to throw it straight through the window. It's so frustrating and squeaky. But, um, anyway, um, I think it's just because my body has always been a problem. <laughs> If that makes sense. Like, I just, there's always something wrong. And so I guess I'm used to taking a lot of medication and I don't like it. And I've just kind of developed an aversion to it anyway. But I don't think there's anything wrong with being on any sort of medication, especially if it helps. But, um, you know, I, I do tend to be more of a holistic -y person. But at the same time, like, do, do you get the drugs from, you know, outer space? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> it comes from natural things. But I don't know. I'm just... I don't even know how to explain it. And maybe that's something that I need to explore more. So I have a less 
unidentified, ambivalent, ignorant opinion about it. But um, anyway, so I'm going to see see what we can do about my face and hopefully fix that. But, um, you know, while I hit that peak of just I don't care about anything and I can't do anything at all um, week, I guess, I that was a, um, like the reason that I decided to go off the um, ADHD meds while I was in that phase was because the, the meds stopped working, uh, right up at the end. So like, I don't know, say the second to last week in January, I stopped doing anything, even though I was taking my meds. So I decided to come off of them, um, for that week. And also you should probably talk to your doctor before you just come off your medication like that. Um, so please don't, follow my example. Oh my God. Um, but I just, I like, I've, there've been days that I don't take my, uh, medication and they told me straight up that it wouldn't be like, I wouldn't have withdrawal symptoms or anything like that. Um, and I never do, I never have like a headache or any mental health kind of things related to it. Um, but other meds are different, so please be careful. But, um, so I could feel it not working because of my mental state and so I came off of it and now today's my first day taking it again. And I feel so much better, mostly because last night I slept really, really well. And I finally got a lot of sleep. And this morning I got up and I cooked myself breakfast and um, did my makeup and just like, I just feel like I'm I'm good again. And that was so nice. Like I woke up this morning and my, my buddy that stays with me sometimes, she was like, um, I woke up and I was like, good morning. And she was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know. I feel so refreshed. And this is like the first time in forever that I have felt this awake. Dear God, hi. Like, <laughs> and she was like, okay, you need to chill out, dude. And um, so anyway, I, I am enjoying it and I feel very good. And that's really exciting because I feel like if I had recorded this episode, you know, a couple days ago, it probably wouldn't have been this. And I hope that you are enjoying this. I don't know if me just like talking about my life is interesting at all because this isn't horse related, but, um, I just, I feel like I can't just jump straight into horses without explaining all of this because to be quite honest, I haven't done anything with the horses. And I feel like I've been saying that for a long time. And it's a weird thing for somebody that has a podcast dedicated to horses to say, but at least my viewership, I feel like I, I hear it a lot that a lot of people really struggle with staying motivated. So I feel like this is as authentic and relatable as you can get <laughs> that it's just, it's really difficult to work with horses all day, every single day and be really on top of it. So, you know, I don't know, like for instance, this month I told my parents that I was considering dropping out of my master's program to do f horses full time. And that was a really scary conversation to have because I flip flop real bad and, um, you know, right now doing horses full time seems really, really scary. But then when I was having that conversation, I was like, I don't care about the fear. I'm going to do it. And now I'm like, Oh, maybe not. I don't know. So now I'm just doing both. Like I, I, um, dropped a course in my master's program. So I'm just taking two courses, which is still, um, I mean, that's considered full time. I was taking over full time, but, um, I'm just taking two courses a semester because I was like, I need to go slower because A, um, I'm stressed already and B, if I don't slow down, I can't do both things at the same time. You know, it, it, it'll take me longer to get through my master's program if I don't take as heavy a course load every semester. But like, why, where am I running to, you know? Why am I going so fast in a direction I'm not really sure about? So I'm like, I would love to have my master's degree but I don't know, but like not at the expense of horses, if that makes sense. I want to do both really badly. So I think I'm going to try my best to see if I can't pursue both. It's going to get tricky at the end of my program when I have to start doing practicum and internship and stuff. But um, hopefully by then I will have figured out my life <laughs> um, to where like I just have to record a podcast and upload it. Like I don't have to keep redoing websites and merch and stuff like that. Um and yeah, so popping my neck, I would just really like to be able to get to a point where I can like things just run on their own and I don't have to keep like modifying everything. That's this big multiple hour project. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at at the moment. 
and I'm really excited to, um, you know, get going on things and, I don't know. I just, it's just like, I want to do all of these things, but I don't want to work for them. (laughs) That's kind of where I've gotten to. And maybe it is the depressive episode or I don't know, but that's just, that is just it, you know? So I don't know. I feel like that's a lot of, so, you know, I don't know, but, but you know, you know, like (laughs) it's, it's just been a lot this past month, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, um, you know, another huge part of this that could be why I've like hit kind of a a rough patch is a because it's the start of a new year and everybody always puts too much pressure on themselves at the beginning of a new year. But my biggest resolution and yes, this is a it, it is kind of a taboo embarrassing thing to talk about, but I feel like I I want to talk about it because I know I'm not the only one. Um but I quit vaping. <laughs> Uh, which like, I hate, I don't want to talk about this, but I feel like I need to. Um, I, I don't even want to admit when I started, I think it was like my senior year of high school, first year of college or something. Um, so like three or four years ago is when I started. And, um, last year I quit in January and then I picked it back up again in July. So for like that whole, whole half of that year, I was so good And then I picked it back up and, um, I kept going until December. And then, uh, in December I was like, you're quitting on January one, you're done. And you need to prepare yourself for that (laughs) because it's not even going to be an option. Like you're like, I have friends that do it. I have friends that smoke actually not, not vape, like actually smoke. And you're going to have to be around that and you're just going to have to deal with it because you can't do it. And, um, what worked for me last year was, um, just quitting cold Turkey. And, you know, I, I definitely am like, feel like I need to have something in my hand all the time. But after the first like two weeks, that pretty much stops. And there, like one of the main reasons I quit is just because it made me feel like ass, (laughs) like all the time I was exhausted, I guess because, and I could be totally wrong in this, but this is my ignorant assumption. And I'm, I didn't feel like looking it up. So, you know, (laughs) just spreading falsehoods here. Um, I feel like nicotine, it spikes your adrenaline and cortisol. So I'm assuming it puts you in almost like a, or in your sympathetic nervous system. And then when you're up there, then when you come back down, like for me doing that all day, every day, it was exhausting. And it was putting me in a foul mood. My body was not doing well. Like I just, I felt sick and bad all the time. And I was like, okay, we're going to be done because I have no motivation to go do anything because I just want to sit here and do this. So, um, I gave it up. I quit. And, uh, I really like, I really haven't wanted it, which is crazy. Like, just normally like, you know, when I'm with friends and they're doing it, I'm like, oh, let me hit yours. And so, but nope, nope. I just haven't. I just told myself it's not even an option for us. Like, you know, it makes you feel like ass and it's just not worth it. And if you hit it once, then you've, you've primed yourself. Um, we learned that in my psychopharmacology class that you prime yourself and then all of a sudden you're, (laughs) you're back started before you know it, even though you're like, I'm just going to do it once. It'll be fine. It's it's never just once. So, um, that could also be contributing to why I've kind of been in a low mood because, um, it screws up your brain chemistry. Like for instance, with your acetylcholine, uh, system, your nicotinergic receptors, you have them in your rectum. And when you vape, essentially what your body produces naturally is like, okay, if you're going to do our job, we're going to peace out. And so you, you you almost, or you do become dependent on nicotine in order to go number two. (laughs) And so, um, that has, has been fun. I would say we're back to normal now. Thank you everyone who's concerned, but yeah. So it, it, if it does that to your butthole, (laughs) it's probably not doing great things to your brain. So I think I'm just kind of in a state of detox and, uh, coming out of being burnt out and exhausted. So I am appreciative of what I'm doing for my body. And that was not an easy thing to do. And if you're also quitting or considering quitting, it's not easy, but you have to make the decision for yourself. You can't quit just because like, 
oh, yeah, I'm just going to stop this. I have never met a single person that has been able to do that. You have to want to quit. You have to want to feel better for yourself or you have to want to because you're afraid of X, Y, and Z. Like for me, um, when I was younger, uh, I'm I'm 90% sure I had two TIAs, a transient ischemic attack. Um, like the left side of my body went completely numb twice. And uh, the second time it happened, I lost the ability to speak or read. And everything I said came out like, and it terrified me. And I lost my mind. Um, the doctors that I went to, the first time it happened, I was in like fifth grade. And they told me that I, um, I my brain was growing faster than my skull. And it was creating some pressure. And that's why I had that. And I was like, okay, that seems odd. But you're a doctor. I'm not. At, they did an MRI. So uh, I would assume they could see, I guess. Um but yeah, so that was the first time it happened. Like the entire left side of my body went numb and was tingling down to the left side of my tongue. And it was so weird. And as a fifth grader, it gave me a mild panic attack. And my mom came back in her classroom because that's, that's where I was. She was a teacher when I was younger. And I was just sitting in her classroom and she was like, I was like, the left side of my body just went numb. And she, her face, oh my God, ghost white, <laughs> terrified. She was like, call your dad. <laughs> You're going to the hospital. Um, so there was that. And then the second time it happened, I was going to the vet to pick up some soft rides. And then I was, we were driving back, uh, to the farm and I was reading road signs and I was like, I can't, like, I thought to myself, I was like, that looks familiar and I should be able to read it, but I can't read it. I don't, I can't read it. What the hell? I can't read that one either. And I looked at my dad to say, I can't read. And it came out. And he was, he looked at me like, what? And I tried to speak again and it just, it wasn't working. And then I kept trying to speak and he was like, stop, 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 stop it. You can't hurt yourself. Um, and then we went to the hospital and that time they told me it was a migraine and it very well could have been a migraine, but I don't think it was like, that seems very severe. And the left side of my body went numb again. And, um, I don't know. It was just, it was very scary. And, uh, you know, if it was a TIA, that is essentially a miniature stroke. And from my understanding, strokes happen when you get blood clots and, uh, nicotine makes your blood vessels constrict. And so if your blood vessels are skinnier, then you have a little bit more of an issue or a risk at getting blood clots. I think I could be totally wrong about that. Just throwing that out there, but, uh, please don't correct me because it's keeping me from smoking. <laughs> um, so, you know, do your own research, but I'm pretty sure that is, that is the thing. And since I am already at high risk for that, and I may or may not have, um, like some level of autoimmune disorder due to my skin issues and how my body works and general, general, very excruciating joint pain. Um, <laughs> I would say that it's probably in there and that doesn't help either. So, um, you know, I'm just really focused this year on getting my body, um, feeling good and taking care of myself and quitting nicotine is a huge part of that. So that was 10 minutes about nicotine. And I hope that you aren't judging me too much for that. Um, but you know, I, I think it's something important to talk about because I, I know it's easy when you have people that you listen to and you perhaps look up to and enjoy, you know, tuning in with every week. Um, you know, it's easy to kind of be like, mm, their life is perfect. So I feel like I need to balance the good with the bad um, in order to not only appreciate it for myself, but just to maintain some authenticity here that you guys know that I struggle and I have issues and it's it's difficult being human, period. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. And so... Um, you know, if it helps one person, that's all that really matters, I guess. So yeah, that is my, my struggle. I'm doing very well with it though. I'm just chewing a lot of gum, uh, extra to be exact. What is this? Extra long lasting flavor peppermint. It's Wrigley's Wrigley's extra, but yeah, so <laughs> there's that. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of vibing. So, um, other things that have been happening are, um, you know, my client horse is doing really well. She has been getting in the trailer at Liberty, which is really cool. You know, the trailer has been a big issue for her in the past. And 
Now she's jumping up in it and quite happy to hang out and back out. The first time we got her in, um, you know, we're working at Liberty and my stupid ass, I thought, I thought to myself, put a halter on her just in case she tries to turn, you can like stop her and see if you can get her to quiet because the trailer's not big enough for her to really turn around safely in. And, um, she didn't have a halter on and she jumped in and she turned around and she scared herself. She jumped right back in though, but I was like, that could have been very bad for a lot of us. And uh, that was stupid. So learning lesson there, but um, now she's jumping in and backing out very nicely. And we're just working on duration now and consistency and a little bit more speed in jumping in, not like physically she's running <laughs> in, but that it doesn't take so long for her to commit to getting all four feet in. Um, the pedestal that we were working with that me and my dad built, now she just like she like I don't even have to click for two feet on or one foot on she like the criteria is four feet on it and she knows it she just walks right up and puts all four feet on and is like hi what's up (laughs) I can't wait to work on that with Zoe I think it'll be so fun um so yeah that's going really well um I got another client horse in from Tennessee which is really cool from Memphis and um she is a saddlebred appendix cross which sounds like huh? (laughs) Like, what is that? It's so many breeds. But um, she is super, super stinking cute. Um, I believe she's a dun. She has a dorsal stripe. And from my understanding, that equals dun. But um, she is a cutest little thing. And she has some some struggles around um, being caught and blanketing and picking up her feet. And when you approach her when she's in a stall, she pins her ears at you and has a rather nasty face. I have um, recently experienced it, just like approaching her in the pasture with the ears pinning. And so we're taking it very slow because I want her to get comfortable with me and to feel confident and enjoy the process. So um, that's what I'm working on with her. And then we'll start working towards enjoying being haltered and blanketed and things like that. Um, I think a lot of the aggression for her comes from being weaned early. Um, you know, they said she was pulling some nutrition off the mom. And I think, you know, I think that's a pretty common reason to do it. Um, it's not how I would go about it. And it's not necessarily what I agree with, but it happened and we can't do anything about it now. So the filly's a year and a half old and she is super stinking cute and has all the potential in the world. And I think we'll be able to sort of reverse some of the effects of her early life maybe. Um, and you know, I don't know the entire story. So, you know, it, it, and it, frankly, it doesn't really matter. It's helpful to have background, but as you guys know from this podcast, like if you do the training correctly, you cover all the bases anyway. Um, and, you know, the advantage to knowing what traumas happened is that you can directly address them and spend a little bit more time on areas um, that you know are going to be a problem rather than having to find out. <laughs> um, but regardless, you know, if you do the training right and listen to the horse, it doesn't really matter what happened in the past. So, you know, I don't fault the people for it. Everybody is just doing the best they can and doing what they know. And when you know better, you can do better. So that is where we're at with her. And I'm so thankful to her owner that she was willing to, you know, give me a shot and trust me with this filly uh, to work with her, which is really cool because, you know, I, for all intents and purposes, I'm just starting out in the training world. So it's really, really cool um, to be given a chance like that. So I'm excited to work with her. It helps the process so much that, uh, Stella is just the stinkiest, cutest little lady. I, she's just stinky cute. I love her. So I'm excited, but yeah, so there's that. That's really fun. I am working on accumulating cases so that I can apply for, uh, the IAABC's, um, equine behavior consultant, um, certification. So, um, you know, I would really like to, cause I know Adele just got certified a couple months ago and Shelby just got certified recently. Shelby Dennis, um, and Adele Shaw is who I'm talking about. I tend to talk in first names. I feel like you guys know who I'm talking about, but, um, anyway, but they've, they've done a lot of work with a bunch of different horses and I have two, but I just, I, it might be imposter syndrome and it might also be, I just, I feel, I haven't had a lot of clients, um, you know, I would like to blame most of it on school, but also I think a lot of it has been just 
what I've chosen to do is just sit in my room and study instead of like getting out there and actually networking. And that's something that those two do um, far better than I do. <laughs> so I'm really excited to, you know, get started on um, getting more clientele and working in that direction and helping people with the issues that their horses have. And then being able to apply to actually become a behavior consultant and get my name out there a little bit more. But um, yeah, that's what has been going on. Oh, and I guess, is there anything else that I need to talk about before I talk about this? I think I covered school and horses. Zoe's doing well, by the way. A lot of you keep asking about her. Um, we were going to get her spine x-rayed this month and her hawks, but um, my boss sold her horse flit. Um, if you remember, he kind of did a little buck and spin move at a show and she broke her hip. and. So she sold him. She decided to get something that is more amateur friendly because um, we we were under the impression that he was a novice packer because the people that sold him to her explicitly said he is a novice level packer. And turns out he had actually never been to an event in his life. The first event he went to was with me and we won. But um, I, I don't know what changed with her. Maybe she was more nervous than I was or... Maybe just the weather was different or something, but he was, he just went over threshold quicker this time. And, you know, she, she was under the impression that she was on a safe horse. So when she got nervous, she wasn't in the mindset of riding a greenie, um, which he was, and we didn't know that. But now he is going to go be a fancy dressage guy, which is really awesome for him because I think that's probably where he's better suited anyway. He's a Frisian sport horse. Like <laughs> he should probably, he excels in dressage and he's beautiful. It doesn't matter what you're doing as a rider. Flip always looks great. Um, so, you know, I think that's where he's best suited and he's not nervous in dressage. And I think, you know, it's about what makes him most comfortable too. So I appreciate that she was like, yeah, let's, let's see if we can rehome him. And they did. And it was somebody local too. So that's cool. But we are, um, that happened. Why did I talk about that? I forgot. Oh, oh, okay. So I was going to get Zoe's back in Hawks x-rayed, but she, um, had to send the vet out to do Flit's pre-purchase exam. So um, he couldn't come out and he's really hard to get a hold of. So I haven't had him out to check on Zoe yet, but that is in the works. And then we're going to see if I can't start bringing her back into work because her top line has completely changed shape with changing pastures. Um, and now it's much more round and her back is lifted. I think she's got her core strength back. So, um, you know, bringing her back into work on the ground shouldn't be too difficult. And then um, getting started again. But my biggest concern, honestly, is her hawks. Because, like, I, I can tell by looking at her back that it's much healthier than it was when we checked her for kissing spine. Um, but her hawks are what really concerns me. Um, so, I don't know. They might be fine um, if she's not compensating incorrectly. Because, I mean, she went around hollow our entire riding career. So when she's hollow, it puts her puts more strain on her hawks and she also had a negative palmer angle the entire time i'm 90 percent sure as well or negative planter angle sorry um well both but uh, so that doesn't help either and um you know just all of that combined is just it equals bad confirmation and posture um and so when you correct those things then they can move properly and then you don't uh find so much wear and tear but um, if the damage is already done, it's a little bit difficult. Um, you know, if her hawks are arthritic, then that is a problem. So I want to get x-rays of them. And, you know, if she can't be, um, you know, like a riding, riding horse, then we might just get them injected and I will just keep her in work for fitness sake for her back because with kissing spine, it... I don't know. There are a lot of different opinions on it, but my opinion is that the horse needs to stay fit because if they don't have abs and um, they can't have a top line and that's what keeps the back pain from happening. So, um, yeah, that's just, that is my opinion from what I've researched, but, um, that will probably be what we do. And we've injected our Hawks before, you know, so it's just, um, a matter of like, how often are we going to do it? Why are we doing it? 
do what joint supplement do we put her on and stuff like that. So, um, that's probably going to be the route that I go. I'm not really expecting to be able to like jump her and do a bunch of stuff again, just because she is kind of worn down. Um, but I don't know. Her x-rays might surprise me and they might scare the fuck out of me. I don't know. <laughs> so there's that, but Zoe's doing well. Azula's doing well. Lex is doing well. Um, Lex's shoulder has healed up. She ripped it open on new year's day, which was fun, but that has healed. Azula is just being Azula. And the boys got castrated. <laughs> Big yawn. The boys got castrated. So, um, Astro is no longer biting, which is phenomenal. Oh my God. <laughs> I texted my boss and I was like, I don't know who he is without biting. And she was like, better Astro. That's who he is. <laughs> I was like, you're right. Um, so that's awesome. And the last thing that I can finally announce now, um, this is the thing that I said I was too scared to talk about because I was afraid I would jinx it, but, um, I still am, but I think it's time to announce it. So, um, it was so weird. I think I've talked about it on an episode before that I was listening to Warwick Schiller's How to Manifest a Car Crash, Car Crash episode, and he was talking about how he went like he was just like I want to go somewhere cool that I've never been before somewhere with a completely different culture to give me a really cool like new experience like I just want to go somewhere else and uh on tour or to work with horses or something and uh you know while he was talking I I I was like where do I want to go like is there anywhere I want to go and I was like I'm not really big into like travel like going to Colorado was cool going to Florida is always cool but like I I really like being at home with my animals and um, my people and working and stuff. Like, I just don't, I'm not really a big vacation person or like, I've never really had a desire to be like, oh, I want to go to Paris and France and Japan. Like, I'm just not a big travel person. If I went anywhere, it would probably be Australia because I think Australia is dope. But so I thought about it and I was like, there's nowhere I really want to travel. I just want to move. I don't want to be on this farm anymore. I I love it to death, but it's kind of dinky and run down. Our fences look like shit because it's all fiberglass and, you know, it's really hard to keep up with it because as soon as you start working on a new fence, somebody's busted through one or kicked one or it's dry rotted or whatever. And then you have to replace that one. And it just nobody ever stays on top of it. And it's a big job. I mean, this farm is big. And to redo all the fencing is a is a pain. So we've got patch jobs and it just looks like crap. And the grass is overgrazed, which means it's super high in sugar and not fantastic. The paddocks are muddy as all get out and it's ridiculous. So um, I was just like, I just don't want to be here anymore. I also hate this tiny house. Like it, it was phenomenal and it has absolutely served its purpose, but I've really outgrown it. Like I because I work so much now and I do school, like I really want an office that isn't also my kitchen and my living room because, you know, everything I've ever read about like how to have healthy work habits is to work somewhere that you don't relax. And I do everything in this one room. Like my bedroom is strictly for sleeping. And, but my other room, which is my living room, kitchen, office is all of those things. And it's really hard when there's not a door, I guess. It must be some mental thing. But when there's not like a specific room, it's really difficult to not just work all the time. And so I'm really, really pumped because we're moving. So after I listened to that Warwick Schiller episode, I, I just I was like, I just really want to move. I don't want to be on this farm anymore. I want to go somewhere else. And um, the next day I called my boss and we were talking and then she was like, Hey, by the way, um, I have something to tell you. And I was like, Oh God, <laughs> that's never good. And she was like, okay, don't freak out. Cause it's just a maybe, but we might be moving. And I was like farms. And she was like, yes. And I was like, no way. And I just like started tripping balls like that. I, I was absolutely blown away. I was like, that is nuts. That's crazy. And I told her why I was freaking out because I totally manifested that shit. And um, so now, now months later, we have like, it all happened over December. Like Sunny was, my boss was convinced she was never, ever going to sell this farm. And then this one just came up and her husband showed it to her. And she was like, yes, I know that farm. It's where it's the farm that she got her heart horse Speedy from. Um, Speedy, unfortunately, passed due to um, an injury, which is 
absolutely sucked. Like they just couldn't rehab him from it and he kept getting worse and she had to put him down, which sucked. It's very sad. We hate it. Um, so, but the farm that she got him from is the farm that they're buying. And so they're going to buy this farm. And guys, when you see it, you are going to lose your minds. It's so gorgeous. Like, I mean, there are four gigantic, gigantic fields. And the, there's a really cute A-frame house out front. And there's a small um, guest house that they're, um, the guy that like tends to their horses and stuff that he, he lives in. But, um, he is going to move out there buying him some land so he will have a place to to be forever. Um, and I am going to be moving into his place, which is like three to four times larger than where I'm living now. Um, like it's a really cute little log cabin house. Um, it needs a lot of work done on the inside, but I think it's going to be really, really cute once it's done. And I'm so excited to finally have like a real place to live that doesn't feel so temporary. Like I don't think I'm going to live there forever, but... Like, I can't do anything to this house. I can't really make it my own because, like, it's got popcorn ceiling and plastic walls and a really cheap wood trim. Like, I can't paint it because it is, uh, it's like a sticker, essentially. So um, it's been really hard to make this house my own. And as I get older, that becomes more and more important to me to feel like the place I'm living is home and it is a reflection of myself and what makes me comfortable and happy. And that might sound so lame, but some of you, I bet, understand that. Um, there's the feng shui concept for a reason. And when it's not, um, <laughs> when it's not up to your you know, it's not you, then it doesn't feel right. So I'm really excited to move into this new place. And um, they have a big dome arena, like it looks like a gigantic greenhouse with uh, chopped rubber um, footing. So we're going to put in oh, and it has like a I think it's a four stall barn, but the stalls are gigantic. It has a cute little tack room and a wash rack with hot water. Oh my god, our horses are gonna be so excited to have hot water, not cold water always. Um, and yeah, so it's just really cool. We're going to put in, um, a jumping arena, a dressage arena with footing, and, um, we're going to buy a bunch of cross country jumps and stick them out in the backfield. Um, so, uh, they're also hoping to, um, like level some of it and put in parking pads and RV hookups and stuff because my boss really wants to have little shows there. We used to have this one show up in uh, North Little Rock, Jacksonville area, and they had a, uh, it was called Jubilee. And it was a little show. It just did starter through uh, training level, but they were recognized shows. And it was just like the one that everybody went to for their first show, the one to move up that just felt safe and easy. And we really want to do that out here. So we're going to try and make it like a really cool, legitimate thing. And um, the only problem has been the amount of horses that we have out here. So we had somewhere up around 40. And um, what is happening is like we were just absolutely panicking because we were like, we can't take 40 horses to this new farm because it's it's huge. But if we put, you know, 15 horses a pasture, it's gonna like the paddocks are just going to turn to mud. And then all the horses are just going to be stuck living in this awful environment. So we need to do something. But like, what do we do? And like, I, I genuinely, guys, I am so shocked it's happened because 90% of our horses are you know, they're retirees. They've got bowed tendons. They've got ugly knees. Um, they're, they're not rideable. They're just broodmares or, you know, horses that Sonny's had forever. So, um, we like, it's just, it's crazy. And I didn't realize how many of them were actually sound. they just were living out their days as broodmares. Um, and you know, she doesn't breed them every single year. So like <laughs> we only had two babies this year and they were warm bloods, not even thoroughbreds, but, um, like these people from Colorado came um, the other day and took four mares to go be um, veteran therapy horses, which was really cool. And by the way, we we check people. We don't just like give horses away to random people. Um, and they they know that if the horse needs to get gotten rid of, that they need to contact us and, you know, send the horse back. And, you know, I mean, will people do it? I hope so. 
in the best interest of the horses. But the people that we've sent them to are, they seem very genuine and loving people. And so it's awesome. Like, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy for those four horses. Um, I, f- I forget. It was Gail, Magic, Lady. I mean, not Lady, Leah. Oh my God. Lily and Pia. That's why I said Leah. Um, so those four went and then we've got our old man doc that's going to go down the road to be, um, a family's horse. They have other horses, but they need one that they can ride. Um, Arthur, our little Mustang, we sold him to a girl that, um, needed a buddy for her old man. And like, it just, it, we just keep finding these like perfect situations with these people that fall in love with our horses and then they just go. And it's awesome because now they're not just like pasture puffs that never get any attention. Like, I don't think horses need jobs and they're perfectly fine living out in a herd, but you know, having someone groom them and love them and give them cookies and make sure that everything's fine with them. Cause I mean, having 40 horses, it's really difficult for us to keep eyes on everybody and make sure that everybody's feet are done and everybody's teeth are done. So some horses end up missing the list sometimes and it's, it sucks and it makes me and Sunny absolutely want to pull our hair out because we try so hard to take care of everybody and we're like, Oh my God, but so-and-so is lame now or, you know, and it's really hard to stay on top of it. So I'm glad that these horses are finding their homes and we've gotten it down to almost, I think it's just a little over 20 horses that we have. And even then, like Sterling, our little Appaloosa colt is for sale. Teddy's for sale. And uh, Azula will still be going to race training. Um, And, you know, so, I mean, it's like... As much as I hate to see those horses go, um, it, it won't be such a high number because we've just found so many homes. It's crazy. So, um, I don't know. I'm just really excited to, I just, I keep saying that, but things are, they're looking up. So I think it's fine to be excited. Um, and this farm is just absolutely stunning. And I think it's totally going to kick my ass in gear with wanting to like get back on top of everything. Um, cause I've been, uh, or I sat on Teddy and, I just was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I miss riding the off the tracks so much. And getting back to that's going to be fun. And then having a place where like I can have clients come where I can have them bring their horses and I'm not like embarrassed about the fencing or the paddocks, um, you know, because it, it is. I mean, like when people see a dinky little farm that's got fiberglass fencing and broken fences and mud, they're kind of like, mm. and I'm like, no, you don't see the charm. But I don't know. I, I'm just excited. Oh, and there will be pavement, not gravel anymore. I'm so excited about the pavement. My poor car is disgusting all the time. Like they told me the other day when I took it into the shop, they, they had to torch the bottom of it to break up all the rust in order to rotate my tires and like uh, redo my alignment because there are always potholes and stuff and I go way too fast and sling up mud and dirt and gunk under it and it gets really gross. So anyway... I'm excited for many reasons, but I just really think this new farm is going to be absolutely incredible. I just cannot wait. And uh, it's so gorgeous. I can't stress that enough. Like it is picture perfect. And I think the horses are going to love it. It has rolling hills. It has a track out to the backfield, which we won't have horses on. That's strictly going to be for cross country and trail riding, which will be just absolutely phenomenal. Like just being able to go school the babies and stuff. And, oh God, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so excited. Um, so that is pretty much my story. That's my life update. That's where, that's where we're at. And guys, I am just, I'm sorry this episode kind of started out like doom and gloom, but, um, you know, that's just where I've been. I think that's honest and authentic. And I always strive to be on this podcast. I'm not trying to put on a persona and like, I don't know, pretend that everything's perfect because frankly, I just don't have the energy and, uh, I don't know. I don't think this is a very judgmental audience. So at least I hope not, but, um, I think that is going to wrap it up. I hope it was somewhat entertaining to just kind of hear how life is going, how all the horses are. Um, next week's episode, I'm going to be answering a lot of training questions. They really accumulated over January. So, um, Maybe one of those questions will be something that you've been wanting to ask and it gets answered. So uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. And then I've got some topics that I want to discuss. Like I've, I've got a list in my phone of just like general topics and 
Um, I can't say anything else without giving it away, so I'm not going to. But anyway, that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you guys endlessly for listening and supporting. And welcome back to season four. I just, I'm so excited for the season. Hopefully I will have, or I'll be able to get things more situated and more comfortable. So it's a little bit easier on me and it's clearer and more streamlined for you. Um, don't be alarmed if the cover art changes later. Um, I am working on it, but I can't settle on a design. So if you are a designer and, uh, you can come up with an idea, I like my logo. Um, but I just, I don't like my cover art. I have a lot of pictures, but I haven't been able to find a design that I like because I'm god awful at design. So if you're willing, I'll pay you if I like it. (laughs) Um, I just, I don't know. I am ass at design. I'm good at art, not design though. So um, anyway, I'm going to wrap up this episode. If you guys want to keep up with me on social media, you can follow me at Jedek with Theory on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And you can follow the podcast at YouTube. Oh, no. Yep. YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, just not Twitter, um, at Equitheory Podcast. I think it's at Equitheory on most of those platforms, actually. Um, and you can also listen to it on YouTube, so that's dope. But um, I check out my websites if you want to learn more about positive reinforcement or this podcast. I have jetequitheory.com and equitheorypodcast.com. Um, jetequitheory is moving, but the domain will still be the same. So if you're listening to this later, it might be a brand new website that is beautiful and stunning, and we love it. Um, but if you're listening to it, the week it comes out, it will probably still be the old format. But just know it'll look like equitheorypodcast.com soon. So that is all of my promo. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. I hope that you have a wonderful week. Bye.